Welcome to the Others and Brothers Podcast. I'm your co-host Sam Marsh. And I'm your co-host Jacob Marsh. Together, we We are are the Marsh Brothers. Welcome back to the Brothers and Others podcast. I'm your co-host Sam Marsh. And I'm your co-host Jacob Marsh. We've got a great episode for y'all today as we go into what we would call Marsh Bro-isms. Uh, just some phrases and words that uh, Jake and I always say back and forth to each other. Just kind of wanted to open that, uh, go behind the green curtain, so to speak, uh, Wizard of Oz, uh, and let you guys have a peek into the minds of us. Uh, I know recently Jake and I both finally got around to watching Cocaine Bear. Amazing movie. Yeah, I, I loved it. Now, with that being said, saying I love it, Jake saying amazing movie, I think we both agree that we're not trying to sit here and say, hey, it's the best movie ever, it should be nominated for Oscars, that sort of thing. But if you go into it knowing that you want a dumb, funny kind of thriller action comedy that's exactly what you're gonna get um i would definitely give it four uh eight balls out of five eight balls jake what would you give it i'd give it 4.2 out of five eight balls i would say (laughs) It, it, it was unexpected gore which i was really not anticipating at all yes the comedic relief of the entire movie it I don't know what the intention of making the movie was. I know it said it was supposed to be kind of a dark comedy type thing, but I was laughing my ass off almost the whole time. Yeah, it's definitely one of those movies where if you just want some non-intense fun, uh, not that's going to require a lot of brain work, it's the perfect movie for you. Uh, I would say, though, much to Jake's point, though, that if you don't like gore, you may want to skip it because the uh, there's a surprisingly amount of gory scenes with the bear attacking people that I wasn't expecting. Uh, other than that, kick back, relax, and enjoy the pod today. As always, please send us any questions, comments, concerns, things you want us to talk about, or if you want to hop on the pod, shoot us an email, brothersmarsh at gmail.com, or follow us on Twitter at Brothers and Others. Take care. Welcome back to the Brothers and Others podcast. I'm your co-host, Sam Marsh. And I'm your co-host, Jacob Marsh. What a do, Jake? How's your week been going so far, man? Great, Sam. No complaints. You know the drill. Uh, the kid, kid uh, Apollo, is doing anything and everything he can to show that he's ready to just go out on his own. Of course, he's not quite that independent yet, but... We took him to the zoo on Sunday. He had an absolute ball. I uh, can't wait to take him back again. Going down to the consulate, uh, the Polish consulate on Friday, which I'm pretty excited about. That's down in Houston. Other than that, pretty uh, nonchalant, boring-ish week. Uh, normal, as it were. Was there were there any animals that he had a special affinity for, or he, just in awe of everything? Ah, uh, special animals. He was very intrigued by the giraffes. We got to feed the giraffes a little bit, and he was very 
not wigged out, but you could tell he was very concentrated and On that not time really, game. yeah, not very sure. Uh, they did have a special exhibit where you could feed birds, and there's a little funny picture. I think I showed it to you, but. There's a funny picture. One of the birds had landed on my shoulder and had sat there pretty much the entire time we were in the little exhibit. And he was just loving watching all the birds flying around, eating. He was just having a blast. Luckily, he didn't try and touch it like uh, the way he tries to pet Lulu. But yeah, um, yeah. Were there three little birds on a doorstep? <laughs> <laughs> Not quite, but um, yeah, man, it was a blast. We didn't get to see, I don't know if he actually saw the tiger or not, but we did see the tiger for the first time while I was there. They're normally pretty tough to spot, but this one was out and about kind of frolicking a little bit, so that was pretty cool too. Oh, hell yeah. But yeah, no, I mean, my week's been going well. Uh, just got done dog-sitting, so Jackson and I are back to a one-dog household. Uh, other than that, just... Waiting for the sun to come back up down here, come back out down here in Dallas so we can get to enjoying our spring. Seriously, the, the, the weather has been a little odd. Cool mornings, warm afternoons, which normally I'm a fan of, but, you know, it's March, almost April, so I think I'm ready for the warm, warm and warm to start up again. Yeah, bring on the 100-degree days. Just yeah. bring me to Chris. I'm ready for it. So... <laughs> I know we have kind of a, a somewhat of a special episode planned today, and I wanted to kind of give you the floor here to explain what it is that we're about to get into here. Yeah, I mean, we've been together 31, coming up on 32 years now, and I would say anybody that knows both of us knows that we have a bunch of really weird things that we like to do and say. Uh, and especially as the years go on and we work with each other, I feel like those get more and more ingrained. So we just wanted to kind of take some time and roll through some of our favorites and uh, just let everybody into a little more of the mind of the Marsh Brothers. Um, it's like a twin connection, but better because we're not actually twins. Yeah, although I would say a lot of times when we go out, and uh, especially if we're going to get food and we end up ordering at the same time, you're sending, saying something in unison, people are like, oh, are you twin? <laughs> Man, Irish I, twins, maybe. I was going to say, if I had a dollar for every time we've gotten someone to ask us that, I'm pretty sure I wouldn't be working right now. Yeah, I probably could retire. Yeah. <laughs> um, the first one, which was a little bit of a new one, is... Uh, this one goes out, out to George, George Floyd. Floyd. <laughs> <laughs> um, and if you haven't seen it, David Guetta, uh, when the right after the George Floyd thing uh, happened, uh, he released a video of him on top of some size to skyscraper playing some sort of I Have a Dream by Martin Luther King remix. And it was just extremely tone deaf. Um, Super cringeworthy. Yeah, it reminds me of when Ja Rule was at the Bucks game. He's like, Milwaukee, are you ready? And it's just dead quiet, and everybody's like, what the hell is going on? Um, I want to say that was, like, during the height of the pandemic, too, wasn't it? Yeah, I'm pretty sure the George Floyd got killed in 2020, so yeah. Yeah. Uh, Another one is much more old school. Uh, This town ain't big enough. Um, 
basically say that anytime we're in a tight space, uh, <laughs> or if you're just feeling a little like cowboy western. Yeah. Uh, but that's from a video game called Time Splitters Two that we would rent from Blockbuster. Uh, or was it from Billy Kim? No, it? we used to borrow it from Billy. Okay, all that the was time. It. Yeah. And it was right after we got the PS2 because I remember when Billy would come over, I would always beg him to bring that game over. And I don't think he liked it nearly as much as we did, because I remember the times in which he, I think part of the reason why it became so special to us is because he wouldn't bring it over every time he came over to hang out. I also remember before we got our PS2, we used to, I used to hound him to be like, oh yeah, if you're coming to sleep over, like bring over the you PS2. You gotta bring your PS2. Yeah, come on, man. A hundred percent. Yeah, I know, before we got our PS2, anytime I would go over to like Jared's or another friend's, I would just only want to play video games and they definitely got sick and tired of that. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, I don't have them at home. <laughs> <laughs> and we know you're not coming over to my house on the wreck, so. Yeah. <laughs> Big run is a little too scary for yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> Next, uh, we got Extra Sloppy, which uh, really you could say anytime it's going to be an abundance of something, uh, anytime something is sloppy or messy. Gross, dirty. Yeah, Yeah, it it definitely has multiple uses when it gets pulled out, but that's uh, a callback to Billy Madison. Uh, Adam Sandler classic where he goes back through all the grades and it was when he was in elementary school and it's the lunch lady serving up Sloppy Joe's. Extra sloppy. Is that his best movie? Um, best Adam Sandler movie. I don't know. I feel like that's pretty subjective. I think a lot of people, it, yeah, I mean, I would say One of them, obviously, most but... people would probably choose between that Um happy gilmore or the water boy i feel like those you know if you're gonna ask that average person what his best one is i feel like more likely not it's gonna be one of those three i agree um the next one this is a a jake marsh classic uh do you want to it is the alien dude from men in black it's the giant cockroach that takes over the one farmer guy's body and walks around. He's the main antagonist of the first Men in Black movie. And uh, I don't remember what started it. Obviously, I was just being silly and just decided to say it for whatever reason. Um, but yeah, I mean, pretty much can use it for whenever. Like if I'm, if I'm being silly and I feel silly, I might just say it. But if I... You know, if I actually want more sugar in something, say coffee, I know from time to time I might, I might bring it out, <laughs> trot it out again, bring it out of the closet there. But uh, yeah. And that came out in 97, so that has time. been 26 years of hearing Jake say that phrase. Staple. Staple. <laughs> Long time staple. I will also say it's much more enjoyable in person because Jake also does uh, some facial manipulations to make himself look like the character. Yeah. Uh, so it definitely is better in person, I would say. Um, hey, 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 hey. That one <laughs> is very, very obscure. 
that one, once again, you can pretty much use <laughs> when you are saying hey to somebody or what's up or like, hey, what's going on? Hey, 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 hey. Uh, <laughs> definitely a bunch of uses, but that's uh, from back in the day when we were kids. We had a Beauty and the Beast storybook that also... Marie, yeah. Oh, yeah, maybe it was Marie's. Um, or maybe it was one of ours first and then it got passed yeah. down to her. I feel like that's the most that's, likely scenario. Yeah, but uh, it was a book, and then it also had an attachment on it where when it was a different character's turn in the book to speak, you would press it, and it would make their sound. And the village people, theirs was, hey, 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 hey. <laughs> oh, that was a good one. Um, the next one we have is a Chappelle Show skit, and we've got a couple of these on here. And it's the... Getting paid, getting paid. Getting paid, getting paid. Uh, we just use that, you know, anytime we make money on something, win a bet, or if we're doing well, uh, in fantasy, for example, or, you know, even when we get our paychecks every, you know, bi-weekly, I guess, it's something we'll say sometimes, and one of the reasons I always enjoyed it, because it's from the Whack Arnold skit of Chappelle Show, when they're congratulating uh, Calvin for getting his first paycheck. Calvin's got a job. <laughs> I was going to say, that whole skit is so quotable. It really is, man. And, yeah, I mean, it's one of my favorite Chappelle Show skits and obviously something we love to just chit-chat with back and forth. And it leads into our next one directly, uh, which is also another Chappelle <laughs> Show skit and probably the best, well, one of the best lines in the whole show. And I don't remember which skit it's from. It might even be that Sam skit, actually, now that I'm thinking about it. But it's the dude, it's an outtake from the show, and it's an elderly gentleman who's a comedian that Dave had on the show, and he's just saying, holla, 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 let me holla at you, holla, 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 and it's just him saying holla as fast as he can, and it is the funniest shit ever. It makes me crack up every single time. I don't know who the name of the actor is off the top of my head. Anthony Barry, apparently. Thank you. I googled it. I was curious. Yeah. Well, I'm glad we can fact check ourselves in real time here. That's always a good thing. But uh, let me holla at you, Sam. Let me holla at you. I wish I could enunciate the holla as well as he does. I'll have to practice that a little bit. Yeah, I definitely can't talk that fast. Another good one we have. I think I will have the steak. With mushroom sauce. Uh, and that one, pretty much any time, you know, if we ask the other person, like, oh, what do you want? Or, like, oh, what are you thinking? <laughs> um, that one will get brought up. And that is when, uh, that's from the office when Michael Scott is going on the business trip to Canada. And he's in business class. And he thinks he's going to get a free meal. And so then he, he tells the stewardess, I think I will have the steak with mushroom sauce. Sir, we don't serve dinner for flights <laughs> under 90 minutes or something, or even maybe even been an hour, because it was, what, Philadelphia <laughs> to, like, Toronto? Winnipeg. It was oh, Winnipeg, yeah. And oh, David, uh, one of the other things, David uh, Wallace was like, yeah, it's uh, pretty tough to find people who want to go to Winnipeg in <laughs> October or whatever it was, like, clearly a cold mine. <laughs> Concierge Marie. Yeah, Concierge <laughs> Marie. She's hilarious, man. She's so funny in Reno 9. In Bridesmaids too, um, uh, Wendy McClendon. That's who oh, it is. Oh, okay. Is she um, Canadian? 
Um, uh, I gotta imagine she's uh, American. Yeah, she was born in California, so oh, okay. American. Yeah. Just a good actress. Uh, next one, we have a real big throwback. Uh, we called it Ground Game slash Ron Dane. Uh, and it was just a game that Jake and I would play as kids uh, growing up in our front yard. Sometimes in the backyard, but it was yeah, mostly... Yeah, basement, too. Yeah, basement, too. Uh, and, I mean, he went to Wisconsin from 96 to 99. So I would imagine we probably started playing it around, like, 98, 97. Definitely after we moved up to Michigan. Yeah, sure. so probably 98, 99. But it was basically you would just take the ball and you would try to run through the other person. Um, <laughs> it was a great game, yeah. I mean, it definitely instilled that com- competition between us. And it's so funny because it's exactly how Ron Dane ran the football. Let me just run into this giant line of 250 to 300 pound people. And Ron Dane, for those of you that don't remember, he was an iconic collegiate running back at the University of Wisconsin. One of the best collegiate running backs ever in the history of the NCAA. Uh, had multiple rushing records in college. Uh, don't really remember his professional career. Um, he is a Heisman Trophy winner, but yeah, Sam and I love that game. Um, I love it. It was always a lot of fun. I don't know the last time we played it, but it definitely, it definitely was probably when we were early teens. Is probably the last time we played it. But oh, uh, hundred I mean. Because once we got too big, it, it definitely lost its uh, fun just because then it was going to be too more physical. Painful. Yeah. <laughs> it got too physical. You can imagine. Uh, uh, the next two go hand-in-hand hand really well because a lot of what Jake and I do is, like, take one thing and then just twist it uh, with something else to kind of make a remix of it. And uh, the example with this first one is in the Rugrats, there's an episode where Angelica has her doll Cynthia, and she has a song where it's like, Cynthia, she's a really cool dancer, Cynthia, na 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 uh, and growing up, Matt Ishbia was a walk-on on Michigan State's basketball team. So whenever he would get on the court, Jake and I would sing Ishbia. He's a really cool dancer, Ishbia. Boogie to the groove now. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, we just placed, replaced Cynthia with Ishbia. And it's, and it's funny because we spent our childhood doing that, and now Ishbia is a... A billionaire and owns two basketball teams which is crazy to think of billionaire super big philanthropist he's a legend on the michigan state campus now i'm sure he's definitely been uh retconned into michigan state lore um over his uh, over the years i guess you could say but yeah i love that one yeah, me too. Now, the next one is a very similar. Uh, Tom, uh, is it Tom or Todd McCullough? Todd McCullough. Todd McCullough. Todd McCullough was a big uh, redheaded center on the Nets, uh, or not, excuse me, the Sixers in the early thousands um, when they went to the championship, or the finals. Yeah, the finals. Uh, the Sixers. Yeah. And uh, that was another one. And we actually have two songs. Uh, the only one I can ever remember is singing his name to like a Motown beat where it's Macola, Macola, Macola. My name is Tom Macola, Macola, Macola. 
Um, but I feel like there's another one that we had. There was. We used to do it to the tune of Amadeus. Tom McCullough, Tom McCullough. Tom McCullough, Tom McCullough, Tom McCullough. Tom McCullough, Tom McCullough, Tom McCullough. Tom McCullough, Rock me, Tom McCullough. So shout out to Todd McCullough. You had an awesome NBA career, and you provided very cheap, free entertainment to the Marsh Brothers for 20 years now. Yeah, and Ishia, thank you for saving us. Very clutch. <laughs> uh, this next one is, if I had to pick a favorite, this would be one of them. Uh, I I don't think I could pick a favorite, but if I if I had to, this would be one of the between one of the ones I would choose. And there's a scene in Forty Year Old Virgin where Andy is, who's played by Steve Carell, he is in the bedroom with the woman that he really likes, and they've dated a bunch. Uh, but this is right when they start dating, and he thinks they're about to have sex. And so he opens up this giant box of condoms that's in there, and he's playing around with all of them. And if you've seen the movie before, you know it's kind of a gag scene. It's supposed to be really funny. At any rate, at one point in time, he puts a condom over his entire hand. He's like, oh, my God. And then he starts moving his arms around, or his fingers around, because it's covered in a condom. And he starts going, I am Aquaman. And he doesn't say Aquaman. He says Aquaman. At least that's what it sounds like. And... Fun fact, I did do some research, rewatched the movie <laughs> this past weekend. Actually, Sam and I both did. And uh, yeah, that scene still holds up, man. One of the funniest, one of the funniest movies. I'm shocked at how many people. Whole movie holds up. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm shocked at how many famous people were in that movie kind of before they were famous, and now you see what they did. It was shot after the first season of The Office, so. Uh, you know, that, that was something that was pretty cool as well. Um, yeah, I mean, it's yeah. 18 years old. It's gone to high school, and, or it's gone to college. So it's crazy how well it's holed up over the years. And, yeah, I mean, I love going back and watching it because you see people like Kevin Hart, Jonah Hill, who are really in their infant stages of their careers, which I always think is more fun. Um, even yeah. Pam Beasley had a uh, an appearance, a background role in it, so... Yeah, she was in that very beginning scene bar when they show up to the bar, yeah. Yeah. Um, next one, I think, is very partial to both of us. If you guys are around our age, you probably remember when Nerf footballs were really freaking huge. And one of the coolest things they did was when Mike Vick was balling out in the NFL, uh, the first go-around with the Falcons, they came out with the Mike Vick Nerf ball. And in the commercial for it, they, you know, it's a little football where you can flip open the top almost with a little bit, there's like a Velcro piece on it and you flip it open and there's a little stylus and you can draw a play on it. So we thought it was the coolest thing ever as kids because you're playing backyard football with your friends and you don't have to do the whole thing where you draw with your finger on somebody's back or draw on the football. You just draw it up on the thing. So anytime Sam and I go through a plan or we're trying to you know, come up with a plan and it works out, we just say, oh, just like I drew it up. Just like I drew it up. So from the Mike Vick uh, nerd ball there, I know that was a 
That was a big favorite one for me. Yeah, it was definitely the coolest Nerf ball. But And much to your point, it can be another phrase that's used in a multitude of ways. But pretty much any time something goes according to plan, we're going to throw out the just like I drew it up. Uh, so we already talked about ground game slash Ron Dane was our football game, but in order to take that to the basketball courts, we played back down, which once again was just one-on-one, pretty much no fouls called, uh, back down basketball, and you would just back down and try to make it before you got hit across the head. Yeah, and I think, <laughs> I think a large part of it, too, you and I both loved watching Shaq play, and this is Shaq, you know, as as uh, I think Bill Simmons is the one that uses this phrase a lot, but peak of his powers, Shaquille O'Neal, where he could literally just sit on the low block, drop step, dunk it, the only way you're stopping him is fouling, and I, you know, that's kind of how we picked the, picked that one up. Yeah. Um, the next one we have is from another movie that Sam and I is very near and dear to Sam and uh, to Sam and myself. It's uh, ingrained in our childhood lore, as it were. It's Rush Hour Two, and it's when Chris Tucker walks into the club with Jackie Chan, and he says, "I want all the fine women on this side and all the ugly women and triads on that side." <laughs> and Jackie Chan is translating and basically saying, "Hey, my friend's an idiot. Don't listen to him." Blah 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 blah. Um, but I always love that because one, it's my favorite movie, and we just say, I don't even know when we say it. It's just something funny. We'll just say every once in a while to kind of light light in the mood. Yeah. yeah. I know. Who do you think you kidnapped, Chelsea Clinton? <laughs> 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 uh, do you understand the words coming out of my mouth? Man, no one understands this shit coming out of your mouth. <laughs> God, anytime you can do action comedy, it, it is one of the best things ever in terms of movies. God, those movies were so awesome, man. They really Love were. Those. Yeah, that was one of the, that was a DVD. I'm pretty sure one of the two of us got for a birthday or Christmas. I remember we asked for that. Yeah, we had both of them on DVD. Mm-hmm. Sadly, the third one did not live up to the height. No. Uh, another good throwback is uh, growing up, there was a small jeweler in the Okemos area. Still there. Uh, well, and I guess Lansing, too. So I guess mid-Michigan, it's uh, Meadowar Jewelers. Mm-hmm. And one of the ladies there, who I presume was like an owner or something, her commercial, she had a special thing where she had Katrink's collection. Katrink's collection. And, uh, yeah, it's uh, just one of those things where then throughout the years, anytime we'd, you know, we'd just throw, oh, Katrink's collection. If we were talking about a collection of something or a group, uh, or once again, just to lighten the mood and throw it back to our childhood. Uh, another good one is uh, when I lived in Denver, I lived behind a corner liquor store, and it was a guy that owned and operated the liquor store. And after every single time we'd buy something, he'd always just go, ooh, thank you. Uh, and it was just the way he would, like, rise and pitch with the ooh and you uh, that we just loved he would say it. Plus, you know, I would say both of us were very, very polite people, always saying please, thank you. So it's nice when it's uh, thrown back at you. But now definitely anytime it's Jake and I, if we're saying thank you, I always think of him. Oh, he, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, and he just, he was so deadpan the rest of the time when he would say it. It was like, it, it felt like an accomplishment because you 
got some emotion. Didn't, yeah, you elicited some kind of reaction out of him, even if it was just a thank you. you yeah. Know? Uh, um, Ooh, you Americans? <laughs> so, a little bit of a backstory about this one. I lived in Budapest for about six months. My the spring semester of my freshman year of college, so this was 2009. And somehow, uh, my dad and mom were, I, I don't know, remember how exactly it went down, but Sam was somehow allowed to come visit. Uh, I know it was a uh, combined spring break plus since dad was, yeah, since dad was a coach at the high school, he was able to convince the teachers and mom that it was also going to be an educational experience for me. Which it was, just not in the Yeah, not the in the school sense, in the world sense. hard knocks. Yeah, for sure. Jesus. But, um, well, first and foremost, one of the things that we had planned for while he was there was we wanted to go to Germany, we wanted to go to Munich and explore the sites. So Mention. we took an overnight train. I think it was overnight to get there. Yeah, because when we got there, it was the dead of the night, because that's when we got approached by the fake cops and got shook down for drugs, which we didn't have, of course. That was... And then we made it to our hostel, woke up, had a day, and then that night is when we were chilling in the, like, lobby area trying to figure out what we were going to do, and then all of a sudden, this big, beefy, yoked dude and like... Uh, I remember him had, being a ginger. Do you remember? Yeah, that no, he was. Yeah, um, and he had leather pants and like one of those leather and mesh tops. And uh, he, he and looked his, like something out of a Berlin techno club. Yeah, or something. Man. And I he had a girl with him, yeah. and then they start to play uh, pool, and they invite us to play. And while we're playing, she keeps like doing like overly sexual thing like stuff with the balls and the q uh, the q stick and then uh, it was very obviously directed at us because the four of us were the only people in there yeah and so jake and i start to try to like make moves like we're getting out of there and he's like oh wait are you a madikins oh you a madikins and he's and we're like yeah and he's like oh i love america we gotta watch my favorite american movie and so, remember which movie he put on? Yeah, he whipped out a copy of Forty Year Old Virgin out of his <laughs> pants, which super weird that you're carrying around a DVD of Forty Year Old Virgin in your leather <laughs> pants that were extremely tight. Don't know how that DVD fit in there. Um, Is so that then a DVD we in your pants, you just happy to see. Yeah, so then we sit down and start to watch it because Jake and I are still. I mean, we're young, so we just really don't know what to do. But then finally, when he unzips his pants, is when Jake and I finally like, all right, this party's over. Yeah, for us. we're done. We're done. <laughs> I, I didn't know where that was gonna land, uh, where that was gonna go. Didn't want to find out. No, definitely not. Definitely <laughs> not. Um, that was definitely an eye opener. I'm really glad that I that we did that. You know, it definitely made me. Uh, that whole trip was just so eye-opening in so many ways, man. Uh, yeah. But it was great, yeah. Uh, next, we got two ones from Family Guy, which we were just talking about the other day. Definitely a show we used to watch a lot when we were younger. I know it's still going, but haven't watched it in years. Um, but the first one is, ooh, may I partake? Which really, you know, like anytime you're asking for something or if I see Jake doing something or eating something, it's like, ooh, may I partake? Yeah. And that's uh, when Peter is, it's one of the side scenes and he's at the grocery store and he gets uh, 
it's somebody giving out free samples and yeah. it keeps dressing up as somebody new. Uh, and then the other one, which uh, really, obviously, anytime somebody says the name Katie, or really anytime we're just trying to get the other person's attention, uh, it's just going, Katie, 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 what? Oh, well, never mind then. And uh, it's just another one of those side scenes from Family Guy where it's Katie Couric, and he's just standing out there yelling her name, yelling her name, and then he throws a mailbox uh, through the window, and that's when she's like, what? And he's like, oh, never mind then. (laughs) Oh, never mind. Oh, well, never mind. Um, Two more from Chappelle's show. Definitely not a surprise with how much we love Chappelle's show and watched it growing up that uh, those are a lot of daily things that go into our lives that we say. But uh, my bad dog. My bad dog. And uh, which one was that? Was that from? Uh, my bad dog. My bad dog. I don't know, but it's definitely a Chappelle show. Yeah, because I can hear him. I can picture him saying it. Um, but to go along with that, we also will sometimes go, it's a no for me, dog, which is obviously uh, Randy from American Idol. Shout out. What a throwback. Is it my bad dog, or was it from the stand-up when he's like, come on, dog, you hit my elbows? My bad dog. <laughs> uh, I could be from the stand-up. <laughs> yeah, I was yeah. just thinking that. I don't know. Yeah, it's a, it could be a come on, dog. But it's Dave Chappelle. That's all you need to know, dude, okay? Not gonna, dude was knocking my elbows. It's not like I was even that brave. <laughs> Uh, another one that, uh, especially being here in Dallas, but, uh, every time I see Dwight Powell, I always go, Dwight Powell! Dwight Powell! Which, uh, is a knockoff of the race draft from Chappelle's show when Colin Powell gets elected and they say his name, Colin Powell! Colin Powell! And, yeah, it just always was funny to me, so now anytime I see Dwight Powell or the last name Powell, which is pretty much only Dwight, I'll say, yeah. Dwight Powell! Dwight Powell! Um, the next, the next one on our list, I don't know to this day how I found this YouTube video, but there was this YouTube video, and it's not up there anymore. It got taken down. Either, Lost to the age. Either he, the person that posted it, deleted it. There's a response video that's still up to it, but if you type in Colt Diggity Daddy, um, <laughs> yes, I know. It was in the early stages of YouTube, you know, just... The early stages. The very... Yeah early stages of uh yeah very early stages of youtube at any rate what it is it was this dude and he i don't know if he was a rapper but it was it was a it was just this guy it was really weird um I really don't know how to describe it, uh, but his name was Colt Daddy. Yeah, he, he was a white trash wannabe rapper, and he just had some terrible videos. And it was when Jake was overseas, I remember, because uh, he either sent it to me or showed me when I got over there. Um, and yeah, it was George Kushner straight out the clink. Putting the nail in the motherfucking coffin. Yeah, it was really <laughs> weird. Um, <laughs> God, I wish that it was still up on YouTube, but thank God it's not. But yeah, uh, but anytime we're feeling free or once again just, you know, wanting a good smiling moment, definitely Judge Kushner straight out the clink is a is a great one. Uh, next we got ooh, that's a spicy quesadilla. Uh, that uh, you can really say anytime something looks good or attractive or is spicy. 
Uh, and that's from Grown Ups when uh, Chris Tucker's mom sees Adam Sandler's wife, who's played by Salma Hayek. And it's like, ooh, that's a spicy quesadilla. Uh, next, from one of my favorite all-time movies, Pineapple Express. Uh, big, ooh, big sexy in the glasses. Big sexy in the glasses. And that's uh, the female cop when she's looking up Seth Rogen's info and pulls up his uh, database, and it shows a picture of him in glasses. And she's like, <laughs> ooh, big sexy in the glasses. So anytime I you know see somebody with who just put on glasses that normally doesn't wear glasses, uh, you know, that's definitely going to come out. But definitely a lot of uses for that one as well. Uh, another Chappelle show callback, we got eh, 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 which, uh, if you're not familiar with Chappelle show, is one of the all-time sketches uh, when he's playing Diddy and the Bad Boys, and uh, it's a parody of making the band. If you haven't seen it, you got to go out there and watch it. It's Make sure you YouTube it. It's uh, hilarious. It was amazing, as always. Uh, next one we have, I don't know where my mom got it from. Jaredi? Jaredi? Basically, you ready to go? Like, you guys ready to roll? Let's do this. So, obviously, you know, we usually, don't say it every time, but we do bring it up pretty often. Whenever we're going, wherever we're going somewhere, yeah. so... Or getting ready to go somewhere. Exactly. It definitely always goes better too with a little, you know, body shake, a little movement Jar- with it. Yeah, you got to put your eyes into it. But definitely, ninety percent of these don't make sense unless you see us doing them for the most part. So apologies in advance to everybody, but yeah. Yeah, and I would also say, although some of these have like applicable uses, once again, sometimes we'll just be sitting here and randomly say one of these just just to laugh. Yeah, yeah. just to laugh out. Spice loud. up the mood. Yeah, <laughs> if, if we're getting a little bored, we've got to spice it up, man. We've got to make keep the people guessing, mostly each other. I am an alcohol. An alcohol. That uh, that's from the Chappelle show stand or the Chappelle stand up. Um, I forget the name of it. I believe it's the one where he's in San Fran. But that one, he's talking about meeting a Native American in the grocery store, and uh, he's like, "Oh man, you're a hunter gatherer, right?" And he's like, "I am an alcoholic." It's uh, really really funny. Definitely check it out. It's one of his best stand ups ever. One hundred percent. Uh, the next one we have is I don't we really don't know where this come came from. Uh, no clue how it originated, but the term is idiot. So when somebody's doing something stupid or somebody's being stupid, you just call them an idiot. I am assuming that it's just something a brainchild of something Sam and I came up with when we were kids, and we've just been rolling uh, rolling with it. But you know. Yeah, I mean, we like rhyming things, so I gotta imagine it was just trying to right. extend out idiot into a way that we could rhyme it. What was that drinking game that had rhyme time? No, like the I ride didn't. the bus one where you have like all oh, the different. Oh yeah, I forget. I like that one. We used to play that at Amgul. Yeah, it was a good one. DP and Bobo were always really fun to have playing that game together. They always made that super enjoyable. Next, we got one that Jake probably says more than I do, but uh, Jake, you want to do the honors? You always say it better than I do. Gungala, gunga, gungala, gunga, gungala, gunga. Which, uh, of course, is a throwback to the immortal Bill Murray and Caddyshack, which if you haven't seen, you have to watch. That's definitely another one of those movies up there. 
But, you know, once again, if you want to just say something fun, goofy, uh, or describe, like, a large amount of something, Gunga La Gunga. Gunga La Gunga. Uh, it also makes me think of uh, Gola Gola Island from Nickelodeon, if you remember that. It was the kid show with the giant frog. Mm-hmm. That was yellow. Alrighty then. Alrighty then. I'm pretty sure that's a Jim Carrey. I don't know what movie or stand-up it's from, but it's definitely Jim Carrey. Alrighty then. Probably Liar Liar. Yeah. Um, that's what I'm thinking, too. Uh, another one oh, from... Oh, no, it's Ace Ventura. Oh, uh, okay, All that makes sense. Then. Uh, yeah, he was huge in the 90s. Although the next one that we have from him, that's the way the cookie crumbles. Uh, and is that originally from, like, some sort of news guy that's old school? Or is that really... Yeah, probably. Yeah. It's probably just a take on, you know, some Johnny Carson type that used to have a late night show back in the day. Or whoever the the one of two or three newscasters back when ABC and CBS were the only places you could get yeah news. like dan rathers yeah it's, sure. so, it, it's something like that for sure um the next one we have is they used to sell pre-made boxes for it and it's something uh one of the culinary treats one of the first things that i actually used to enjoy cooking that wasn't a, a breakfast meal um growing up my dad and sam were the primary cooks in the house for uh not lunch but dinner dinner meals that we have together and so for me this is kind of the first thing but it's called the taco bake and essentially what it is is it's the same ingredients that you would use for a taco so tortilla meat and cheese and basically what you do is you just stack them on top of each other and then put it in the oven so after you cooked the meat of course, uh, you have to pre-cook the meat. You put all of the seasonings in to make the meat taste good. You then layer each tortilla on top of each other, and then you stick it in the oven, and it comes out to be this delicious, cheesy, meaty goodness that you know you can make as healthy or as unhealthy as you want. But it was definitely a staple in our house for yeah, a delicious Mexican pizza lasagna. Kind yes, of. definitely. Uh, next, we have the throwback, because I truly don't remember the last time. I guess probably college is the last time I remember him being in the public lexicon. But yeah. uh, got to have the Coops, BK the Coops. Lounge, uh, Dane Cook. Definitely know he's uh, not popular nowadays and was somewhat controversial at the time. But, yeah, I mean, I, I thought his stand-up was hilarious. I know it wasn't for everybody, but... <clears throat> and that especially the whole BK Lounge thing, the B&E, like that is so damn funny. The guy's hilarious. I really wish he would have had a longer career. Yeah, he had a lot of really, I mean, we liked a lot of his shtick, you know, his comedy, I guess you could say. It definitely yeah. vibes well with us. You know, a lot of it's stupid humor. A lot of it's really graphic. And if you don't know Sam and I that well, that's pretty <laughs> pretty much right up our alley. Like the most gross and disgusting things you can think of. It's gonna usually, make us laugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And obviously, the absurdity of you know the one the one movie employee of the month uh, that that was one. Um, but I think what highlights it even more was the uh, 
Good Luck Chuck, where yeah. the whole premise of the movie is that every time he sleeps with a woman, she then goes on to meet the guy of her dreams the next time. And so, gets married, yeah. yeah. Which, if you haven't seen that movie, definitely uh, not a kid's movie, but yeah, a very funny movie to say the least. Oh, Doctor, you'd be wrong. Oh, Doctor. Uh, and that's from Grandma's Boy, which is another classic. If you haven't seen it, it's a must-watch comedy film. Uh, but that one is when uh, he's having this doctor from Africa stay with him because he's getting a lion, and so he's learning how to train the lion from this doctor guy and the doctor farts and it smells really bad and that's when he's like oh doctor you'd be wrong um another one from a movie scary movie 2 uh it's the guy with the weird hand where he's like heard everything you say i hear everything you say and that's a good one it's basically you know anytime you want to mess with somebody who's like, I heard everything you said. Yeah, or if you do hear somebody talking shit about you, you just whisper, like, I heard everything you said. I heard everything you said. Usually <laughs> creeps people out, obviously. Yeah. Once again, one of those things where it's much better with a little facial action, but you also have to get the, uh, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? The accent there again, yeah. correct, when you yeah. do it. Yeah, uh, the next one we have is from a computer game that we used to play way too much in elementary school. Zumbinis. Zumbinis. Haven't played it in a long time, but I guarantee you, now that I'm thinking about it, I will go home and try and boot it up on my laptop tonight. But uh, I don't remember what part of the game it's from, but... It's the level where you have to move frogs that are, like, have different colors and patterns on their back, and you have to move them across the lily pads to allow then your Zumbini to go across it. And so it's the guy that's guarding the river. He looks like some sort of swamp creature. Uh He has a really big mustache and like a stick. Uh And so when you match it up, he'll say, Bajo, you got it. Bajo, you got it. Bajo, you got it. Uh, Another one from Pineapple (laughs) Express is uh, Mathathin. 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 Uh, And that one really is only ever used when we're just messing around. Yeah. Mathathin. We're literally just, hey, I I can tell you're bored and let's laugh. Let's have a good laugh. Yeah. Mathathin. Um, Synced it. Synced it. Synced it. Synced it. And uh, another good one from Pineapple Express that's a lot is like... uh, Oh, heard that, don't like it, but I heard it. <laughs> God, I could use that one like this way, way more often. Yeah, I heard it, don't like it, but I heard it. It happened. Uh, going back to Adam Sandler, uh, and we talked about the water boy, but uh, it's during the halftime speech when it's the crazy, like, Cajun guy Mascot, that works for the team. Yeah. The hell and the whole thing is, like, you can't really understand what he says the entire movie, and he's in the locker room, he's like, Nobody knows what he's saying, but it's provocative. Yeah. And look, the Mud Dogs came back and won the Bourbon Bowl. Yeah. And it worked out. Um, the next one we have is from Always Sunny, and uh, I can't speak for Sam, but I never really watched a ton of Always Sunny. But one of the yeah, neither did I. It was one of those where I don't think I ever put it on, but if somebody yes. else was watching it, I would watch yes. it. And I know enough of the 
Uh, you know the premise of the show. Yeah, well, and I'd also say it got big enough where when there are pop culture things like kitten men's, like I'm aware of what kitten men's are and that sort of stuff. Yeah, but uh, so at any rate, Danny DeVito's character at one point in time, he just goes, you're mashing it, you're mashing it, you're mashing it. So anytime, I mean, I think we, uh, we probably are pretty liberal with our use of it, but we, you know, any anytime you're doing like, I don't know, giving somebody a massage or, you know, rubbing your hand or something or washing your hands, you know, you, there's just so many ways you can use it. And obviously the easiest way is when, you know, you're masturbating or something, but it's not like we're talking when that's going on. So, or even in the same house or room or whatever. Yeah. Um, but at any rate, yeah. Uh, last but not least, the last one we'd mention is you can't mix Mexican and continental, and that is one of Jake's all-time favorite movies. I'm so glad that we got introduced it. to it by Zach Wozniak and I when we randomly rented it one day, and Jake then was instantly obsessed. Uh, but Waiting, had, once again, a film with a lot of big names when they were younger, and it follows a waiting staff at a Applebee's, Fuddruckers kind of place. Mm-hmm. And uh, when they're in the back trying to mess with one of the customer's food, uh, they'll do something nasty to the dish. And one of the things, uh, the guy was like, oh, how about a little guacamole? And he was about to blow a snot rocket. Guacamole on um, And then he's like, then the other chef is like, whoa, 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 you can't mix Mex and cotton at all because he was going to put the snot aka guacamole on a steak and yeah. so instead he's like "Ooh, how about a little garlic salt and then he bends over and scratches his head and then you can see all the dandruff come out so it was disgusting. disgusting so disgusting but the rule is don't fuck with people who make your food yeah okay and sam and i have had uh close friends and compatriots of ours that have worked in the food service industry um, I don't know if that's actually what people do at restaurants, but I will tell you that I certainly will not be an asshole to a server um, anytime soon. No, nope, not worth it. And that, as we talked about, was the list of the Marshbro-isms, so to speak. We definitely have a lot more to come, so we'll keep thinking of them as they come to us. And we'll sprinkle them throughout the podcast a little bit here and there, too, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, next, for this top five of the week, uh, with MSU's recent exit out of the NCAA tournament, we wanted to go through and do our top five MSU athletes. Um, now, I don't know about you, Jake. When Jake wanted us to do this, all he said was just top five MSU athletes. Um, so I did top five MSU athletes that I really remember watching. Um, so, you know, admittedly, I'm not going to have like Scott Skiles, Magic Johnson. Um, really, if I didn't watch them, they're not going to be on my list. How did you approach it, Jake? The way that I did it, I just picked athletes that I had very visceral memories or interactions with or about not my favorite MSU athletes of all time, but athletes that just, MSU athletes that just stick out in my mind. When I think of MSU athletics, these are the people I think of. Um, I am not ranking these people in terms of athletic ability whatsoever. I wasn't even going to try and do that because it, 
to be frank and just be too difficult and wasn't the mental challenge I was personally looking for. But the way that I did it was I just wanted to look at and see, okay, MSU athlete, what do I remember about this person? Have I met this person? Have I interacted with this person? You know, where do they kind of sit within MSU lore for me personally? So number one, and I think we've talked about him on this podcast before, was for me was Dark West and Art. Sam and I both mm. had a writing class with him. We didn't interact with him so much because he slept most of the time in class, admittedly, and didn't always show up. Uh, par for the course for most Division One football players, I'm sure. But the reason it sticks out so much in my memory is because we had this semester-long presentation that we were kind of working towards. And this is a, I think it was a 201 writing class. It was very elementary for the most part. And we had this big presentation we had to give at the end of the semester. And I don't remember what it was about, but what I remember is that what Darquez got up and did had absolutely nothing to do with what we were assigned and I just remember you the flabbergasted look that you and I had on our faces and admittedly yeah. I mean we made we poked fun at him obviously I mean who the best way I can describe it is we were told to do a semester long project on oranges and he got up there and started talking about dinosaurs it was that just completely out of left field no relationship at all yeah um, but I, I mean when you interact and you sit, basically sit right behind the person, you know, I mean, he played in the NFL. It's not like Please. he's just some no, yeah, it's not like he's not some no-name person that went to MSU for four years and didn't continue his athletic career, which there's also nothing, there's nothing wrong with that, but obviously he played in the NFL. You and I had a, I mean, we shared a class with him. That's really about the extent of our relationship, but that is the guy that sticks out the most in my mind when I think of Michigan State athletics. Because I mean, yeah, that's a good one. And uh, I don't know. I don't think we mentioned it, but we are doing it reverse order. So normally we go five to one, but this one we're doing one to five just because both of us have an insane amount of honorable mentions. Um, yeah, Darquez Nars, that's a great number one. He only made it into my honorable mentions, unfortunately. But my number one was Draymond Green. Uh, I think he's one of those guys, when you think about MSU, MSU basketball, I think he personifies it perfectly. Um, and, you know, he led him to two Final Fours. He was larger than life when he was there on campus. That was... Uh, what he got there, his freshman year, I believe, was my junior year in high school. Yeah, because he was there two years. So, yeah, I think that's also part of it, too, is uh, it was great to watch him when I was kind of going in that uh, high school to college stage and then when I was in college as well. But, yeah, Draymond Green was my number one. Um, for number two, definitely one that hits uh, super close to home, but it's just the – Okamas legacy. So Mike Keebler, Anthony Iani, Dan Chapman, Connor George, in terms of MSU men's basketball, those guys were all ones that went to Okamas High School and walked on. Um, and I always thought that it was cool that we kind of had like a small pipeline to be a walk on at MSU if you really worked hard at it and wanted to get there. Yeah. Um, my number two was your number one was Draymond. I mean, really. When I think of Draymond, I think of someone who 
you look at what he was when he came onto MSU's campus, with, which according like 300 pounds, I mean, just that's what people say. I never, I don't remember seeing him when he was a freshman. We overlapped quite a bit of time at MSU, uh, but I love Draymond for his tenacity. I love him because he is very authentic, in my opinion, and he is. I mean, he just reminds me of. The, type of person that you want next to you if something's going down so you know for sports they like to use oh in the heat of the battle that's that's who you want next to you and i really i would agree with that i mean i he's just it's great my man i don't know what else to how else to describe yeah uh my number three uh is two people it's paul davis and adam bollinger um reason they're up there is they're both tall white dudes that weren't very athletic and growing up i was a tall white dude that wasn't very athletic so uh they're always kind of the players i look towards and kind of admired growing up as a basketball player uh got a autographs from them as kids as well so that definitely played into my love of them i had a paul davis jersey which i absolutely adored uh, and yeah, I mean, Adam Ballinger went on to play professionally in Australia, and now he's in, uh, he does art and does really, really cool art of basketball players and other um, caricatures. Yeah, I think he may have even played with Ishbia Ballinger. He may have overlapped with him. I don't think Paul Davis did, Yeah, weren't they? Um, Adam Ballinger and Ishbia were both on the championship team. Yeah, yeah. Um, Who do you have next? I have Magic Johnson. Oh, I mean, okay. One thing that I... Lansing legend. Yeah, and, and I mean, I don't know what his role at the Michigan Athletic Club is or was, but the Michigan Athletic Club, uh, for those that don't know, it's a really amazing athletic club in right on the border of East Lansing and Okemos, where we grew up. And anytime Magic was in town, um, I would usually see him there if I happened to be working. Very down-to-earth guy, biggest smile ever, seems really nice, waving, smiling. I mean, just really one of the nicest people you could really ever imagine having even the briefest uh, of brief interactions with. And it's Magic Johnson. I mean, he put Michigan State on the map. There's no other way, you know, before, or I guess it would be Bubba Smith, but outside of Bubba Smith, who was kind of the first big, big, big one, uh, at least in my memory, it's magic. And when people think of Michigan State, that's the first person they think of. He is clearly the single greatest and most accomplished athlete that Michigan State has probably ever produced. Um, Obviously, if uh, people have differing opinions, please let me know. I'd, I'd actually love to spark up a debate on that. But yeah. Sexton High School Zone, too. Yeah, Sexton. No, Everett. Sexton. Magic? Yeah. I thought he went to Everett. Uh, 20 bucks says he went to Everett. Oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> My bad. The only reason I remember that is because Dad and Terry went to Everett. Okay. So yeah. Dad and Terry, Mima and Papa all went to Everett. Then they That's moved. right. My yeah. bad. I forgot. I knew they went to the same high school. Yeah. Everett, uh, I forget what their logo is. Um, chief or something like that. Yeah. Used to be. No, because yeah, the Sextons are the big reds. So yeah. No, Everett may be the Vikings. Yeah, that's, Vikings. Yep, Vikings. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, my next one was uh, Aloysius or Lucius Anagandier. 
Uh, he was one that uh, I really always loved watching play because he was basically defense rebounds, defense rebounds, and that's really all he focused on. Uh, and he was a big ass dude. Um, but the other reason he always stands out to me is that the, we went to the MSU basketball camps growing up, and uh, I was able to do a lot of one on one work with him, which was really awesome and meant a lot to me. Who do you have up next, Jake? I have none other than our cousin, Adam Marsh. Adam Marsh, yeah. Uh, he shout never out to our mention. Yeah, shout out Adam. Uh, amazing swimmer. He was able to swim in college. Was a record holder for a high school swimming. I don't know what records he does or did have, but I know he held several records, was a part of a couple of relays and stuff. Sure still has records on the board. Yeah, I'm sure, but um, I always have really admired uh, both Adam and Amelia. They're just intense focus when it came to swimming, and uh, they have both been able to do that in their personal and professional lives as well. Um, Adam is the only doctor in the Marsh family that I know of. Uh, he just recently got his doctorate in, I, uh, there's a specific field of engineering. I don't know what it's called. I apologize, Adam, if you're listening to this, that I don't remember it. But yeah, shout out to Adam, man. Um, definitely always looked up to him in terms of how he, how seriously and uh, how focused he was, you know, his desire. He was very very close to making an olympic trial cut so that gives you hopefully that gives most of the listeners that might not understand uh an idea of how good of yeah, a he's a badass swimmer actually was he was an amazing swimmer and just saved Forrest the other day when Forrest got a flat on the yeah. highway down Shout in florida out. he's a good person too yeah good swimmer and better person um, rounding out my number five before we get into the honorable mentions, and uh, I think this will be a throwback for you, Jake. Matt Trannon. Um, he was not only a forward on the MSU basketball team, but he was also a wide receiver on the MSU football team. Um, he was super jacked, always looked like uh, he could do anything, and I just thought it was super badass that somebody could go to a school like MSU and play two sports. You know, it's not like uh, – and, I mean, it's impressive no matter what level you play multiple sports at, but to play at a top-tier Division One school in the two biggest sports and play both of them, like, that's huge. It's uh, definitely a step above than if you're just playing two sports at, like, a D3 school or something. And, I mean, it's not like he was some Joe Schmo either. He Yeah, he actually lot. contributed. Yeah, because yeah. I was going to say, if you look back, all the other guys that did uh, both for football and basketball really didn't contribute much um, on the basketball end, but he was definitely able to help out. Who do you have your running out, uh, rounding out your top five, Jake? I had TJ Duckett. Mm. TJ Duckett was the hallmark of excellence for MSU football for us growing up. Uh, it was him and Plexico Burris. Um, Jeff Smoker had his, you know, off the field issues, but TJ Duckett, he was just one of those people, as Papa used to say, just that classic Big Ten running back that gets ran into the ground. He was a longtime NFL running back, I believe, for the Falcons. Um, Did his brother play at State too? I or was it just his dad? I think it was just his know. dad. Uh, I would. I'm not 
sure of that. But Off the field, too, he contributes a lot to the East Lansing area, which is always something I really like. Yeah. And, I mean, he was a longtime Falcon. He was a really solid NFL player. Uh, definitely enjoyed using him on Madden way back in the day. And, yeah, man, TJ, TJ Duckett. TJ Duckett. Yeah. Um... So who'd you have for your honorable mention? I guess how many did you uh, have? A shit ton. I was going to say, I can start reading my honorable mentions and just feel free to like have me stop if you want to talk about someone. Yeah, I had and five then, total. How many uh, I Like I said, I literally probably oh, have like okay. 20. So All maybe right. we can stop and talk about yeah. the five you have when I get through mine. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm just going to go through because like I said, there's a lot. You got Cassius Winston, uh, Adrian Payne, Keith Appling, Gary Harris, Denzel Valentine, uh, Xavier Tillman, Triple J, which is Jaron Jackson Jr., if you're not familiar, uh, Matt Ishbia, who we kind of talked about earlier, Mm -hmm. Kelvin Torbert, Shout out Forrest, uh, Timbo Gracchus. Oh, okay. Timbo Gracchus. Was he on yours? No, he wasn't. But Uh, funny story I have about Timbo Gracchus. One time... We were going to play with Weichman and a couple other people uh, in the basement of I Am West, and when we showed up, there was already a full-court game going, and only one of the courts was available. I don't remember what the reason being, but we called next. At any rate, Timbo Gracchus is lighting it up, okay? I, we have to play his team, and first of all, we got absolutely worked over. <laughs> uh, we did bring a pretty good basketball team, uh, from what I remember, but we always talk about how there's levels to this. Uh, there, there's just levels in terms of skill when it comes to athletics. And so, yes, Tim Bogracus might have just been the walk-on guy at MSU and like a specialist guy and didn't have an NBA career, but here's the deal. He's pulling up from just inside the half court in the basement I am West and yeah. just making it fucking rain. Like he and owns he, the place. He, he was the best player on the court. So, obviously, playing with Tom Izzo in an organized system like that, you know he's gonna, his basics, his fundamentals are going to be top tier. But you don't realize how good you have to be just to get to that point. And so, no amount of wishing and thinking is going to get you to be like, yeah, I could take him. No, you couldn't. No, you couldn't. Because I remember even thinking, like, oh, I wonder how I stack up against him. And it became very clear very early on right away that... You do not stack up against him. (laughs) I don't stack anything against him. And that's why I don't... That's why I did not play basketball. Yeah. Um, Next, I have Mo Ager, uh, Mm. Alan Anderson, Mm -hmm. Jay Rich, Jason Richardson, uh, Zebo, Zach Randolph. Oh, we got to talk about Zebo. Zebo. I did have him on my list. Zach Randolph uh, goes to MSU, leaves after his freshman year. Everybody was telling him it was a mistake. Has an illustrious NBA career. I don't think he's a Hall of Famer, but he was a force to be reckoned with. And he was, I mean, until this iteration of the Memphis Grizzlies do something, he he was a part of the best team the Memphis Grizzlies have ever had. I'm fairly certain he's in the ring of honor. He is your classic blue-collar, get me the the ball, I'm taking my lunch pail, I'm going to work on the low block. His little left hand, he just had this little one move, this little turnaround, but it was almost kind of like a drop step fade away type thing and it was just so smooth 
kind of like Paul Pierce, you look at him and you think, how is that a professional athlete? And then you see him on the basketball court and it's like, okay, yeah, this guy can just, he takes care of business. I don't know how else to describe it, you know? A hundred percent. As I had Mateen Cleaves. Uh, Shout out to Mateen, man. Yeah. Erzon Vorbeck. Ooh, I remember now. Uh, was uh, Travis Wall? Or no, no, hold on. Yep, Shannon Brown. Shannon Brown. Yeah, oh. that was a throw. I was so happy when he won a uh, championship with the Lakers. Then he, like, disappeared overnight. It was wild. Um, Chris Hill. Uh, Chris Drew Namick. Charlie Bell. Goran Sutan. Another. Ooh, Goran uh, Sutan. Now, did he, he go to Sexton or is he Everett? Okay, he went so to school with Kenny and Luke. Yeah. And I always get Everett and Sexton confused. I'm terrible at remembering which is he, which. Where was Goran from? Uh, he was from... Europe. Bosnia. There we go. Yeah, he was really cool. I was fortunate enough to meet him partying at the duplex once or twice my freshman year. Um, but he was an amazing basketball player and a local Lansing kid, too. Yeah. So, I mean, I was gonna triple dipping right there. Exactly. You know? Uh, Travis Walton, uh, Edon Ebach, Brandon Dawson, uh, Raymar Morgan, Jarrell Summers, Kaylin Lucas, Delvon Rowe, Corey Lucius, Marquise Gray, Derek Nix, Travis Trice, Alex Ghana, Matt Costello, uh, Jeff Smoker, who we touched on, uh-huh. Jar- Charles Rogers, Charlie Rogers, uh, Plexico Burris. Plexico, yeah. Uh, I had him on my list, yeah. too. Adam Marsh, obviously, who you already spoke about. Mm-hmm. TJ Duckett, you already spoke about. Uh, Demata Paco, if you remember him. He was yes. the big lineman guy. Yes. I remember when he scored a touchdown and had to get uh, the oxygen tank right after. That was awesome. <laughs> uh, Kirk Cousins, Kirky. Kirky. Connor Cook, Le'Veon Bell, Drew Stanton, Jeremy Lainford, uh, Darquez Denard, and to round it out, Javon Rainer. Oh, wow. Um, Man, the whole gauntlet. Dude. Yeah, and I mean that's a, it's tough because it's basically you know just picking athletes from because you know that's the I guess the one of the things about being in the area your whole life and then going to college you have distinct different memories of like okay MSU as a kid MSU as a teenager MSU when I'm in high school going yeah. to college so it's definitely like different memories different people associated with the different times of my life. Um, anybody, before we go on to the quote zone, was there anybody else that you wanted to talk about, Jake? Yeah, actually, I had uh, two that I wanted to bring up. And the first one was Alyssa DeHaan, female basketball player. Oh, yeah. The tallest woman I've ever seen in person in my life. And I just remember it. She looked like a gazelle. Her brothers, I think you played water polo against one of her brothers at Granville. Yeah, they um, threw him in cage because he was like 6'10 or something's crazy like that. And he was an insanely gifted swimmer too. And it's funny because we're talking about Granville because we actually got a text from an old, uh, well, an old buddy of mine. Um, yeah, his name's Sam Hoekstra and uh, he played at Granville and uh, we played against him at U of M. Really amazing guy, super nice, super friendly. And uh, can't wait to play with him, hopefully, in Masters. So, Sam, hope you're listening. Um, come to Texas with us next year, man. We need you. And Sam is one of the most freakish athlete 
athletic people I've ever met. He played like uh, he, he played like Raheem semi. Brown. Yeah, they yeah. just can literally do anything. And Dude. then he plays some. Didn't he played Hope play professional football? football. Yeah, that's he what swam I at Louisville, and I think he may have even swam for U of M for a short period of time. But yeah, he, he's just a freak. And the thing I remember about Alyssa Dehan, like I was saying, is just I really. I don't. I've never met a woman that's that tall. Um, I don't know how tall she was. Probably, probably not seven foot. But yeah, I mean, certainly taller than you and Uncle Terry and Adam. So um, those are usually the people I use for reference when yeah. I think about what tall is. It's like Deuce Bigelow. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, the last one I had was Poplowski. I don't remember. Uh, yeah. I don't remember his name. Mike Poplowski. Mike Poplowski. But at any rate, Sam and I got uh, basketball lessons from him way back in the day. He was the one that taught us the Mike and drill. Um, yeah, he played for the Pistons for a hot minute. Um, but yeah, he was a cool guy, and I just think of him just because you know when you're growing up and. Your dad and grandfather talk about, oh, this guy was so good, this guy, that guy. You know, the legend around that person kind of grows, and you don't hype them up, but they, the name means something to you. It, it, as I said, it really gets a visceral reaction. You know, I yeah. remember those basketball lessons so vividly. He was so good at teaching us the fundamentals, and I mean, I still remember some of the things that he taught. Even he taught us, you know, even now, 25, 20, you know, 20, 25 years later. So uh, definitely left a really interesting impact on both of us, I think. Last one I would shout out that uh, I didn't watch, but uh, Lee Lafayette, Mr. Lafayette, uh, played MSU basketball and he killed it back in the day. Yeah. Um, I mean, he was a beast. He was averaging like 18 and 10, 15 and 10. Say what? Really? Yeah. Yeah, he was really, really good. He got drafted. Um, so shout out to Lee Lafayette as well and Quincy. Um, now we are on to the quote zone. Quote zone. Quote zone. Quote zone. Uh, I'm back to pulling from some of my favorite movies. I would be shy. I'll, I'll be honest. I'll give you five bucks if you're able to guess this one without Googling. Um all I need are some tasty waves, a cool buzz, and I'm fine. Tasty waves, a cool buzz, and I'm fine. Is that Johnny Tsunami? No. Um, I don't think in a Disney Channel movie they'd be talking about needing a cool buzz. Uh, All I need Dogtown? are some tasty waves, a cool buzz, and I'm fine. I have no clue. Uh, no. Dogtown's a great movie, though. Shout out if you haven't seen that. Make sure you watch that soon. Um, this is uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Oh, and Jess McCauley, Sean Penn. I um, but yeah, that's uh, an amazing, amazing movie. It's so damn funny. Um, one of the best of all time. If you haven't seen it, highly recommend watching it. Uh, and it's really interesting. I don't know if a lot of people know this, but the movie was based off um, this on this guy that worked for a magazine who went undercover in a high school back in the whenever it took place, 70s, 60s, whatever it is. Jeez. I feel like, eh, maybe, no, 70s or 80s, that's it. Um, what do you have for your quote? I had uh, Ron Marsh Staple. I don't know where he got it from, but it is, if you're early, you're on time. If you're on time, you're late. Uh, it has been ingrained very deep into my subconscious, and I mean... 
dad was always a stickler about being on time. In fact, I would argue that he was actually on the opposite end where he would often show get up too early yeah i mean 100 percent. getting yeah. to the airport early so just trying to give some people here getting to the airport four hours before a domestic flight or three hours never three necessary. and a half hours 100 percent unnecessary showing up to a movie 45 minutes before it starts 100 percent unnecessary um, now, now we obviously, give him yeah he liked to arrive most places 15 minutes early um that is hit and miss depending on it but i definitely uh yeah, he definitely took it over sometimes, but I, I do like being consistently 5 to 15 minutes early to places. Uh, it's just far more relaxing in that way. You don't have to worry. And, I mean, all my manual clocks, uh, I keep the same thing that he did. I make all of them 5 to 7 minutes fast. So God, that way I hated that. I you always have a little... laser in the morning, and it's a... You, you have know, time baked 5 in. 525, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like... Dad, we're going to be late for some practice. No, it's actually at 510. I'm like, why in the hell do you have it 15 minutes early? I'm sitting in here stressing myself out, which wasn't really his problem, but... Yeah. Um, yeah, so that one, um, you know, much like you, I mean, I really try and make sure that I'm going to be on time as much as possible. Obviously, the airport thing and the movie thing, I don't subscribe to that at all. No, movie, I'm going to get there like 15 minutes before, and yeah, plane ride, very similar, like, it, it, there's it's always going to be a roll of dice if I may miss the plane, I'm not even going to front. Oh, and see here, <laughs> I, I, I don't cut it too close, but I don't, I, you know, I mean, we both know DFW, you, you know, if you're going on a domestic flight and you don't have to check a bag, you can get to DFW an hour before your flight and you'll be fine. Yeah. Both times I've flown with Ernest out of DFW, I almost gave him a heart attack with how close I cut it. Really? <laughs> yeah. You showed up to the gate two minutes later, <laughs> they're, they're, they're doing the boarding call, yeah. Right. What you got for the word of the week? Word of the week. Word of the week. Um, I have Kith. Do you know what? Kith. Kith's. Kith's. Can you spell it? K-I-T-H. Nope. It is a group of people in the same general area forming a culture. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. Kith. I'll have to remember that one. Um, I had a German word this week, and there's not a good English translation, but it's one of my favorite ones. It's called Ohrwurm, and it's earworm. And uh, what it means is... It is specifically used for when you have something stuck inside of your brain and you just can't get rid of it. So I, I mostly use it in context to a song, uh, but obviously, you know, our Marsh Broisms could fall under that. So an oil, 100%. Yeah, just an earworm, something that's stuck in your head and you can't get rid of it. That's a good one. I have something like that literally every single day. Seriously, same. Well, everybody, thanks again for stopping on by. Uh, as always, make sure to hit us up at uh, Twitter or send us an email at brothersmarsh at gmail.com. Other than that, until next time, enjoy. Have a good one. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Brothers and Others, hosted by the Marsh Brothers. We wanted to remind you to email us at brothersmarsh at gmail.com with any questions you'd like answered on the pod or any topics you'd like covered. You can also follow us on Twitter.
Our handle is at Brothers, capital N, Others. Last but not least, ensure to leave us a five-star review wherever you get your podcasts. That's That's it for now. now. Until Until next time. time.